Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. You can do whatever you want, mate, because I've hit the button. So if you want to. You've got to stop doing that, mate. You've got to just stop this. It's tradition at this point. How else am I going to go into the intro? This is the intro. But you realize how like utterly tense it makes me. It's like my sphincter (laughs) is literally just going like, like it's pulsing, man. Because I I don't don't know what's going on. And obviously just like, I am the sword of Damocles. It will drop (laughs) at any given moment. I think it's it's part of the tradition. Yes, carry on. As we started was that uh, I was like, you look hella fresh, I believe. Thank you. Kid would say because. Because you've got like a new haircut going on. I wish I, uh, everything I that's always new again. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, as long as you've got the trim beard, you're looking suave. You don't need to not at all, style mate, the hair. Not at all. <laughs> I, the reason that I have the microphone covering up my lower half of my face is just because it's gotten all like trampy. It's so it's good. trampy at the moment. It's good. It's a good time. I I went back to my old look because I refused to have lockdown dictate what my hair did. So I thought, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna reclaim it. Also, because of the fact that you live perpetually in 2010. Well, slash 2003. I mean, it's <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you need it to be. I um, Josh said that to me the other day. He's like, oh, do you realize, like, I oh, know, maybe it wasn't him. Someone reminded me that no one has hair spikes anymore. And I was just kind of like, I had this like realization of like looking around. Like, and now I scan every crowd. And no, but, my my, my, my uh, bar, but I wasn't uh, taking, play, <laughs> taking aim at your hairstyle. It was more the music tastes. Well, there is that too. There is that too. Although I'm, I'm loving it. And this is, we'll probably get on. Under some sort of game-based thing at some ah, point. Nah, nah, people are tuned in to I'm, hear us just chat. I'm loving, I'm loving the new uh, Polaris album, which is just full-on metal-style Polaris. Oh, just phenomenal. Rina Sawayama for a bit of the pop stuff as well. Anyway, um, I should probably say that this is the Untitled Banter podcast, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hey, guys. <laughs> and this is the UBP, 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 which is the, yes, Untitled Banter podcast. Probably already said that. Not to worry. Just hit the button. Keep recording. Um, we ask for everybody's questions, thoughts, and whatever the hell they want to talk about for each week in gaming. Now, it's been a hell of a week um, for gaming this week. All sorts of different things um, on the business side of stuff. Pulling back the closure of the PS3, the PS Vita stores. There's been demos for Resident Evil 8 and other things like that. Um, so, first question from Gillen, if you can't beat him, Borum, who says Amazing. UBP, UBP, good day. He said good day. Um, good day. I say we're jam hot. Anyways, any thoughts on the RE8 exclusive temporary time-limited demos? Does its ephemeralness positively or negatively impact your design? to play village um not in the slightest i mean like uh, it's it's the same with any exclusivity thing uh, like i mean i have witnessed people playing uh, through the demo i like what i've seen mm-hmm. i enjoyed your guys breaking it down because obviously you and ben roy uh, had a little like chin yeah, yeah, about yeah. it and everything like that so it's a good time it's 
it's it's a very good time indeed. I, I feel like um, console exclusive demos are a weird choice, um, obviously, because I don't think that you're really actually getting that much. Like, I would no. never buy a console for the hopes of getting an exclusive demo. That doesn't it make is, sense to me. I like it as like a go-between. Uh, when you think of like how we used to get demos, where it was just the vertical slice thing, and obviously as games have gotten bigger, it's harder to do them. And so, like, you know, a lot of games just don't have demos. And I kind of wonder if this is one of the best go-betweens. I don't, I, I'm here and there on the actual time factor, because initially I was like, oh, it's half an hour. That's that's enough time to experience a demo. But once you're in there and you start exploring and you realize that it is just a chunk of the full game, like yeah. that time flies by. It does cut off. Um, but like, yeah, that time flies by. I actually didn't get to the final screen. I know Benroy did. Um, but I still, I got like a fair chunk of it, but then I couldn't replay it. I couldn't do it again. And I was like, oh, I'm just yeah. going to wait until there's another half an hour stint. So that that's an interesting twist, isn't it? That you mm. only get one shot. Like you I get know. your 30 minutes and that is it sort of thing. I mean, does it affect it if you delete it, download it again? Can you go through it again? I haven't tried that. I think people were saying you can get around it by just making like a different gamer tag. Like you could, as long as you've got multiple yeah. accounts on your system, you could do that. I think you do need PS, on the PlayStation side, you need PS Plus to get it though. Um, which I guess like it is PlayStation though. exclusive. Like you just get one shot to go through. Mm. I think that as an experience, I think that makes the uh, it more, feel more special. I would, mm. to go back to the original question, like get rid of exclusive to platform demos but make yes. them one shot because i feel like that really does give give people a different experience mm-hmm. if for example you didn't get through to the end credits but uh benroy did mm-hmm. and that means you've got com- two completely different things to talk about he might yeah. have stuff that you have combed over like going through like the, the one thing um that i totally agree with people on is like because they made it available i think it was on last sunday night there should be another half an hour one this sunday night but it's only available for eight hours in total so it's like unless you log on log on in that time you're going to miss it um, and I think that they should make it, like you said, make it platform agnostic and make it so you just access your half an hour whenever you want. Like that would be yeah. a way better um, way of doing it. But in terms of the game itself, it's stellar. Like, I mean, it's Resident Evil at this point. Um, and the the zombie werewolves look are, are really fun to fight and, and watch in action. You know that they've effectively, by doing this, by having one demo release at one time period and then another release later, they've created mm. demos as a service. <laughs> like it's that, that they've actually taken that step but that, that, that seems like a, a, a punchline to yeah. somebody's joke a couple of years like ago a reality now. Yeah. <laughs> we we've developed de- demos as a service ultra early access i mean this yeah. is like yeah this is still like a vertical slice thing because i guess it does cut off but i don't know how much anything carries forward because you're still picking up currencies and stuff that you mm. can't use so it kind of feels like you are getting part of the finished game i just i want to return to demos being a thing again and I, I feel like this is better than nothing even though there's still some refinement to come do you um, have like a favorite yeah. demo disc because i know that you're talking about Whoa. the old playstation one and playstation two demo discs. they were the king of the we, were we talking about them the other week with those little, little wallets the little cd wallets oh. i, I loads of them yeah they're really expensive now they're (laughs) like super yeah if you want to buy them and ps1 disc uh, Uh, cases to like replace broken ones they can sometimes go for like seven quid just for the case there's a whole i mean i mean i'm part of the there's so many thoughts i'm part of this whole insane nostalgia market because i got a copy of mortal kombat 4 this morning on my n64 do you know how much i paid for that game jules kill well you better be telling me that you're not not advertising that you're using emulators are you no well, 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 we can talk about emulators later. Because I saw a tweet that I was like, it's dangerous territory to be doing this on the podcast, mate. Well, you, see, uh, remember, start... remember the line. Remember the line. I, I, I own a copy of this game, so therefore I'm allowed to emulate it. That is the law. That is oh, the... Okay. Remember that, mate. That is oh, the well, law. Oh, yeah, I definitely own everything. But, but no, in regards to the N64 thing, I paid uh, 51 English pounds to get a hat I'm, my hands on. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> 1997's, uh, you know, hottest I... new property. I'm sorry. Did you just say to me (laughs) 
that for Mortal Kombat 4, arguably yeah. one of the weakest entries in the entire franchise, you need paid to find out. 51 pounds <laughs> for it. Is that including yeah, delivery? Bit. It better be included. Uh, that was including delivery. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was 45 by itself and then six six English pounds for the delivery to get to my right. front door. I think that we should, as a whole, everyone, we should uh, pass uh, an act which stops <laughs> Scott having control over his own money. Like, <laughs> we should, uh, we should uh, include a, a, his wife in every discussion. Well, look, we if have. You, I can't, I can't emulate stuff because that's all, all against the law. But then I can't go. All, don't act like you don't. Like, go, <laughs> I just told you it's against <laughs> go the law. All crazy, dropping um, you know, whatever money I, I need to drop this money to play these games properly, and I need to. Mortal Kombat Four is the only gap in my Mortal Kombat knowledge, and I thought, well, why not line that up with the movie? What's and then the movie didn't come out. But... Though, mate, that's like saying. <laughs> it's it's like saying that the pavement slab that you just replaced it comes with free dog feces. Like, I don't I don't want it. <laughs> Look, if you want the full it. experience, at some point you're gonna have to come face to face with it. But Although yes, in regards the, to because um, Metal Gear, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid Four. If only it was that one. Um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Four is the one that has like uh, Jack's amazing ending. Where he's oh god, like, yeah, and it's yeah. all like oh no. <laughs> it's okay. Jax's voice acting is horrible and he's just like this isn't a brutality this is a it's fatality, a fatality. <laughs> he drops I think it's Taven that he drops off a cliff and the guy just goes oh, no, no, no. And it's yeah. just like what is that lads that's not even <laughs> I don't know what that is but um, but yeah we can get onto emulations a bit later because I've been playing a sure. bit of the old Smackdown too don't you worry about oh. it it's been what a stellar time I've had um, but yeah Resident Evil Village brilliant stuff if anything the demo uh, further convinced me that it was awesome next question from Ruben um, close hey, to 70,000 <laughs> Hey, Mr. Rubin, close to 70,000 people have signed the petition to get Sony to approve Days Gone 2. Do you think these kinds of petitions actually work? I can't remember an instance where they actually changed anything in the games industry. P.S. Keep being awesome, fisted hand. Oh, yeah, man. Um, The (laughs) thing is, is that while these uh, specific um, call to actions Mm. might not generate anything of themselves, it creates a dialogue because of the fact Mm -hmm. that they usually get picked up by media outlets and sources and therefore start to perpetuate the industry so that you begin a wider conversation. Mm -hmm. So for example, while us signing this one petition, will not go anywhere near Sony's um, like higher ups. It will be no. delivered to them. It will be like sent to them, but there's a good chance they won't read it. it mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that is just the way of the world. Plus, they, I mean, the, the writing team, people have left the team now. Like John Garvin yeah. has left. He was the creative lead. Exactly. So it's one of those things where like it might not get to the people who can actually uh, influence change, but it does create a wider discourse. And therefore that does promote change because Mm -hmm. as we've seen in the very recent example of the uh, Sony backtracking about the PS3 and Vita support, the uh, I can't remember if it's the CEO or the COO or one of the very higher ups said they made a mistake. Oh, that was Jim Ryan's thing. Yeah. And it was brought to their attention because of all of the negative spin Mm -hmm. that this sort of stuff brings. So I'd say it is still a worthwhile endeavor. Just don't go expecting your single signature to be, uh, the golden bullet to the head of the Yeah, mission. yeah. I think in, in Days Gone's case, like I said, a lot of that team has been separated. John Garvin, uh, mm. apparently he left a couple of years ago, but like, he was the dude that was heavily involved in Days Gone. Creative lead also wrote um, some like Siphon Filter and a couple of other games, Uncharted and stuff like that, I think. Um, uh, Golden Abyss. But um, yeah, I think in regards to that, you'll never get Days Gone 2, but you might sort of register interest in Sony going, we should do more zombie stuff because yeah. clearly there's more there that they could have done more with. Um, the, the, yeah. the big shame is with um, mm. Days gone is the fact that if we're being brutally honest it was like um is it the best seven out of ten game ever do you know what i was about to say that it's exactly (laughs) that thing that we were talking about the best six out of ten seven out of ten games like there's a few problems with it but it's an overall like it's a good ride Mm -hmm. it's way too long but yeah but that ending set up 
Days Gone 2. And they have a whole custom engine. Like, could I don't something know, way we, can just, we can discuss the secret ending here, can't I, we? I think at this point, the Days Gone fandom will know what happens. Yeah. And I guess if you just don't want to know, jump forward a few minutes. But, yeah, yeah, just just the uh, the evolution of the enemy towards you get at yes. the end of that. I'm like, cool, that actually sets up something which hasn't been done before. In, mm. Because you've got the tech, you've got everything on the ground, ready and working. Now, mm. if you can add some intelligence into your enemies, then man, this game could be something special. Because that's the thing like we're talking about, you know, in Resident Evil 8, like I love that they've done werewolf zombies. I don't think that's been mm-hmm. done. Like I was trying to think of any other fiction where you've had werewolf zombies where someone turns and all of a sudden they start bouncing off the walls and hanging off the ceiling and everything. I don't think that's been done. Uh, the nearest is like 28 days later or weeks later, but even they yeah. didn't climb up. I guess World War Z style zombies, but oh, still not. I tell really. you, the, the closest that you'd get is in the Matrix 3. Uh, because remember, they go to the underground club and for no reason whatsoever, they go yep. and start walking Just on the walls. In and, and, gravity. And, and then somebody mentions that they're meant to be vampires. I'm like, yeah. sorry, when did vampires Look, are, are you, walk if on you're, walls? If you're actually going in this territory, I can give you, as as one of the only Matrix fans on the planet, I can give oh you my the, God. Why, why that is. Oh that's my God, do it, do it. <laughs> that's literally because, in the, I mean, you've got to understand, in the real world, all those different gangs are hacking the Matrix to change all the rules. That's what the Oracle talks about in the second movie, where yeah. she says every time you come across a werewolf, a ghost, a vampire, a zombie, whatever, but that's uh, a program that is supposed to be following a certain set of rules that is refusing to follow those rules. So the right. assumption, therefore, is that any of those anomalies, and because, and the Merovingian talks about it as well when they finally have the conversation with him um, about how he's hacking all this code. He gives that slice of cake to that woman. Oh, he's like, yes. oh, I've coded this cake to do something. <laughs> and so once you've kind of, it's a little bit of a leap, but once you've established that, you know, you can hack any of these rules that sort of these different gangs are hacking the rules in their spaces and everything, then the assumption is that those gangs are inverting the rules of gravity in that club space because they're all breaking the rules of the matrix now that makes total sense i will uh respond with just one question Uh, why is it important to run on the ceilings in a gunfight where there's less cover? <laughs> the Wachowskis needed a cool thing. I don't. I don't know. They just, how do you redo the lobby scene? Make it upside down. Castlevania. Literally, just literally. literally. Oh wait, actually, if they said this is a Castlevania, if one of them was playing like Symphony of the Night, and then uh, as the elevator opened, it was just like this castle is an illusion. I would have. I would have been very much up for the it. inverted lobby. Yeah. Um, maybe. Um, but yeah, in terms of the petition stuff, um, at least yeah, at least we've sort of registered interest in more of that stuff being done in the future. But I, I don't. Think we'll ever get days gone to um i just do even if i don't even think they would let go of the ip for someone else to do it um yeah. next question from sawyer um obviously going forward games are going to have a higher price tag which i think will hurt returnal but as it seems 2022 could possibly be a year bursting with games do you think we'll see delays so that they actually have a chance to sell well I guess this is just like, do you, because we have, I don't think we've talked about it on the pod, but do you find yourself like just fundamentally waiting until a 70 pound price tag has gone down? Unfortunately, I do. Uh, I mm. operate on the policy that uh, if we don't get it for review, either like if I can't talk to you or Ben Roy or Josh mm-hmm. or any of the other gaming team about it, if, uh, then I'm not really going to invest my money. Um, we're mm-hmm. very lucky and to be in a privileged position where we do get advanced copies of video games to play. And that does, you know, cut a huge amount of money. That, like we save so much money from doing yeah, yeah. that. So, like, it's not mm-hmm. the only reason why we do review games, but it definitely helps our bank balances. Mm-hmm. Um so I do find that I'm more reticent to pay full price uh, for stuff, especially when you look at games now that A, are games as service, so they don't have all of the features plugged in at the beginning, mm. or they promise DLC straight off the bat. And I'm just like, I'm just going to wait. 
Like, I'll wait the until the game of the year, the edition, of the year edition because mm. it will be half the price. It will have worked out all the bugs. And who cares? If I've waited like a year and a half for this game already, mm. another six months to eight months to a year, I don't care. I've got other games to play. Like, I, uh, I'm definitely the opposite. And I'm, I'm the absolute <laughs> maniac who, who does. I don't pre-order because I don't like them bolstering their pre-order figures. Like the whole idea that they're yeah. paid before the work comes out. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. do want to play at midnight. So I'll still preload at like half past, t- half past 11 and play at midnight. Yeah. I but do like the fact that they is. actually changed the uh, the rules on that, that you could preload it before, because do you remember that? It's like, play on midnight, and then play at midnight, and then just have, like, waiting for it. And it's like 3 a.m. It's like, oh, it's finally downloaded. Oh. <laughs> just like, I do that with um, GTA 5. Like, it finally installed at about three, half past three in the morning, and I just fell asleep. I was just like, this is I, not even remotely worth it. I did the same with Fallout 4. I went right. down into Bristol and I queued up outside. It was already opening late. We weren't even sure if it was going to open at midnight for some <laughs> reason, because it got to one o'clock before they uh-huh. started to open the door went in there got my game went home turned it put it in and i was like oh the install uh, size for it and all of the other stuff i was like ah, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna go to bed like and I then w- I w- and because i was up late i woke up late which meant i had less time <laughs> playing the game than if i'd just gone out at like 9 a.m because i remember every time when back in the day when i used to stay up and watch wrestling pay-per-views my dad was always oh. like well why don't you just tape it and watch it in the morning you can just get up early before school it's i was like dad same. it's not the same like i need to be there at two in the morning when the undertaker wins otherwise it doesn't feel right and i just i need to be there so that's very much carried forward onto gaming where i want if i like even um well i guess not near last night but i'm gonna get to near tonight last yeah. night i was waiting for the morning combat movie which didn't materialize it's a whole thing oh. i know but um in regards to uh, trying to be there at the front of the queue i'll be the person throwing the money down just because i just need to know so so much of my wage goes on games um just all all types whether it's old school uh, n64 cards or brand new things i would actually like to posit a question to the listeners um mm-hmm. using the hashtag ubp I want you to put down, and obviously don't, feel free to not answer this if you don't want to. <laughs> I want you to put down what you think your average spend each year is on video games. Oh, God. I, just, I, just, I just want to see what people do because there are probably some mm. people who don't spend that much. They only buy in sales. They do this, like True. secondhand copies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I bet you there are some people that only buy new copies day one full price. And I bet you it's a fair wedge of cash. Yeah, I mean, mine will be mine will be pretty mine will be pretty ridiculous. I might try and get a, an average <laughs> uh, ballpark figure for that and present that next week if we get enough people sending do in it, the totals. Do it. I'll Try and um, do mine, so we'll compare our okay, next yeah, okay. Week, shall we? Um, yeah, because mine, mine. I mean, at least, I mean, next week is Returnal anyway. I think, yeah. which is the seventy pound thing. So it's like even that is going to sort of knock so stuff it, up. Is Returnal the first one to be coming with this seventy pound price tag? Um, yeah. So I thought that D- Demon's Soul, no, Demon's Souls didn't come with one, but it has an outright has dropped with one. Feel Returnal is the one that stands out because to a lot of people, because it's Housemark, because it's the dudes that made Resogun, and they're sort of known for making smaller, um, smaller games in terms right. of scope. Okay. A lot of people are like, okay, is this actually worth? 70 pounds because that mm-hmm. is top tier premium thing i feel like um spider-man remastered and miles morales and demon souls were also pretty expensive um but they were also discounted fairly quickly per uh, yeah. outlet because it was the launch period and a lot of people were just selling off whatever consoles they had um so this is definitely the one that's being talked about the most yeah um but yeah so i guess we'll we'll wait and see i'm pretty sure its release date is next week um also go check out on the youtube channel josh has been playing it we've got a review code thing through for it so the review will be going up soon um, and there awesome. is a hands-on video uh for that too i wasn't that bothered about returnal but then listening to him gush about it 
literally said it's Control meets Hades meets Doom, and I was like, that's just whoa, that's, that's just some, the best combo of anything, really. It's some big three <laughs> to stick together. I know, and it's just like I never, I kind of forgot how much I loved Housemark because Resogun is brilliant. I forget the other side scrolly thing that they did. Um, I can't think of its name, but they do such great arcadey particle effecty fun arcade shooters, which so done in three D. Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, imagine Doom combat with the cameras over your shoulder, and oh my god, it's just oh, and man. it's a roguelike, so it's like Hades, and yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Anyway, um, a question from Kyle uh, Gubert, Gubert Graber, um, who says... I hope, Kombat... all three, no, I hope that all three of those are their <laughs> last names. <laughs> I'm hoping it's Gubert, like Christopher Lambert, um, mm. who says, Mortal Kombat is nigh upon us. Sadly, it's it's nigh upon you. It's not it's not upon us. Um, <laughs> what are some of your favorite game movies, Guilty Pleasures and all? Um, I'll admit, for as terrible as it is, I don't hate the Super Mario Brothers movie. I have fond, childhood... <laughs> fond childhood memories seeing it with my dad. Which, you know, if you were, if you were a little... I used to love Batman and Robin. To be honest, I still do. But that's because I loved it as a kid. Wait, Batman's the Robin with Mr. Freeze, isn't it? Yeah. It's terrible. Ooh. It's horrible. God, these, these, like loose, these loose lips are immune to your charms or whatever Robin says. Oh, they're so... Oh, the bit though. It's got the bat lipstick on. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the little fake lips fake on. That's, lips. How he, oh. that's, how he, that's how he gets... <laughs> Batman's got the, the bat credit card. It's just... What else do you need? The bit when... Um, A Batman... story, character <laughs> developments. <laughs> Cinematography. Yeah. The bit when um, Batman punches the man at the beginning who's got like a drum in front of his face and Batman punches oh, yeah. him Straight through, through it. the drum. And then he just hits him and then Batman goes, good night. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world when I was eight years old. I was like, yeah, you tell him, Batman. And that bit when they've got ice skates coming out of their shoes. So, so, this is, so this is your uh, guilty gaming. Well, it's not even a game. Well, I guess you need, you need a gaming tie-in. I don't really have a, a guilty one, um, Oh, come on. You must do. There's what? so many, like, every single video game movie, let's face it, mm. apart from maybe, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, like Sonic and, Poke, and Peak, Detective Pikachu. Just, just, they're, they're genuinely... Mm, Detective they're, Pikachu they're, is genuinely they're, good. They're Sonic is 
they're nah. decent movies, but I feel like you've always got to have the qualifier for a video game movie. Yes, and the yes. reason that there is that qualifier is because of the fact that there are so many. Like, the thing is with the the guilty pleasure thing is that if I'm gonna enjoy a movie, I'll just I'll just steer full bore into it. Like I yeah. the 1995 Mortal Kombat is is genuinely schlocky, great fun. Like I think it yeah. knows it is. I would hope that it does. Um, Silent Hill is surprisingly solid. Like in terms of the way that it's shot right. and everything. Now, this is the thing. I totally agree with you on the Silent Hill thing. It's a uh, great film, but unfortunately, it's just an absolute travesty when it comes to reflecting the actual franchise that it's from. Like, eh. I, I actually had to look at this. I did a, um, a deep dive study into the opening 10 minutes of it because it's the way that the camera is, uh, the way that the cinematography is, the atmosphere is so Silent Hill that they mm -hmm. actually nail that. Like, yeah, it's, totally. it's genuinely That's why I brilliant. Like it. But the problem is, is that when you put in Pyramid Head and the sexy nurses, you completely lose the idea that they're, like they're, they're well, they're, they're meant to be, yeah, they're meant to be manifestations of James's psyche, the guilt right. for killing his wife. So they have no place belonging as the enemies for the protagonist of this Oh, totally. So like, oh, yeah, it's, that annoys me a bit. Though. It's nothing other than remember this thing from the games. Like that's but the all skin ripping is. when that happens and it hits the wall of the church. <laughs> right, okay. Whoever, whoever, because if somebody could find out who did the Foley uh, for that film... Um, oh as in who had the job of going right some skin is hitting the wall of a church door <laughs> i need to come up with a sound that reflects this get me my pig slot bucket just get like, some sort i mean we were talking about this the other day in one of the group chats of like amazing sort of foley examples in gaming because the gears of war headshot noise is a cabbage being oh, hit that, with a baseball bat is it actually so, yeah yeah yeah. that was on it's either gears one or gears twos uh on disc had like a making of thing in the special features or whatever and you can see them coming up with all these different gory sound effects and there's one where they just put a cabbage on a table in a soundproofed room and then go like right and then someone just comes in and whacks it with a baseball bat and that like big sort of <sighs> noise That's is the is the headshot noise and which i could then can't get out of my head every time i nail a headshot i just see a cabbage being blown <laughs> up but it's near enough that's actually brilliant. Um, <laughs> going back to the uh, the question of what is the guilty yes. gaming video game movie pleasure mm -hmm. for me, as much uh, flack as I've just given uh, the Silent Hill film and some other ones, the Super mm -hmm. Mario Brothers films, I actually really unashamedly love the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Raul Julia. I've not gone his, back to that in a long time. Oh, his charisma is so good. There's one scene of in course. particular which literally might be the best thing in the entire film. <laughs> and it's where he just goes like, um, talking about how I'm not an evil dictator. I, I I just want the best for humanity. And as he's walking around, you see like this cityscape that he's got here. He's like, and I just will build the best utopia for humanity. Bisontopia. Like that. And literally when it finally zooms out, it's a giant skull-shaped city. And he genuinely believes that he's the good guy. And I'm like, that was oh, I just, love this. That and Mortal Kombat are just, they're full. I mean, it's very much retroactive, retrospective banter because at the time it was like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, but I feel that's, to be fair, I've not gone back to the Street Fighter movie since I saw it as a kid. And even then I could, I, I all I wanted when I was a kid was a really good Blanca. And I, got, yeah. I was really disappointed by their Blanca because I'm sure it's just a man in green paint. I remember thinking it, is, it was unfortunately, with nothing like it. prosthetics. <laughs> uh, maybe, I mean, Street Fighter is another one like Mortal Kombat that needs to be actually done properly. Although the Street Fighter TV series is all right. The um, the YouTube one. Um, next question from Jacob Wright, who says, greetings, my kind sirs. Uh, hey. With Sony backtracking on the PS3 and Vita shop closing, is this the start of, is this the start of Sony acknowledging their legacy titles and making console Back console backwards compatibility possible. Hope you are all well. Oh, that is a I tough so. question because yes, uh, deep down we would love to believe that this is the sort of uh, the turning of the tide that mm. they're going to embrace the legacy that they were so quick to abandon even just a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I don't know. It, it, it feels to me that it, if you look, if you get things down to what is it, uh, brass tax to, mm-hmm. to dollars and cents, it doesn't make sense for them to do that. They have to move forward, like because mm. the fact that that's the only way they're going to make tons and tons of money. I think you, I think you could do. I mean, you've seen like Nintendo do the Switch Online service, where it's like here's all these NES, SNES games yep. bundled yep. into a monthly fee. I feel like you could do like a PlayStation One or PlayStation Two Spotlight thing and rotate titles through it. I get that it would be a nightmare license wise for certain I, things like Tony Hawk's or whatever. But I think that they're just trying to break free of the mold because let's mm. look at things like this. The PS5 runs its life cycle and we get the PlayStation 6. Mm. Um, PlayStation 6 comes out and it doesn't have backwards compatibility. But let's say that the PlayStation 5 did. It caved after all mm-hmm. that time. It's going to be an expected feature going forward. And right. as much as I would love that to be the case, it's not a, it's not a PC. It's not mm. built to be a, a, a one and done machine. It is meant to be an evolution of the process that comes at a cheaper price than a PC because it doesn't have that um, accessibility to your game marketplace. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not me defending this principle. It is just what the format is. And if I was in charge of Sony, as unpopular as this decision would be, I would say, look, unfortunately, we do have to let go of our legacy or nostalgia baiting at some point and just focus on the future because otherwise we're going to be here until the end of time (laughs) rushing out the playstation 20 with people asking to play playstation 1 titles the thing is i think that their middle ground is just making some sort of access point to those old games that isn't Mm. just go and find an old 20 year old system like just put put anything out and people if there's because there was a thing the other day uh, we reported on this uh on the channel but it was an ex-sony employee who's like on one of the lower rungs of the company that had been verified by some reddit modders uh was also vetted by uh, colin moriarty over on sacred symbols ex ign uh reporter colin moriarty who was saying that um, a lot of what this dude was saying was lining up with what he knew as well um, and this guy was just saying that in regards to backwards compatibility it's one of the most requested features that is barely used like according to their data and they have all this um, telemetric data on how people play and what games they mm-hmm. have and everything and everybody talks about oh, i want to be able to go back to this thing oh my god i love this thing when i was a kid and we don't follow it through and so that like the brass like you said the brass tax data doesn't support that um and so that's maybe just one of the harsh realities of it i just think that as sony as a company like nintendo they sort of go well we do have this legacy we're proud of it we're not just putting a blog post up saying it's being discontinued we're going to give you some sort of access to it and i think that's why they dropped the ball it doesn't necessarily need to be that i could put smackdown 2 in my ps5 but you know there should be something that lets you at least acknowledge soul reaver or whatever like some sort of playstation bundle type thing i totally uh, thing is the gamer in me totally agrees with you and then the other i know what you mean too though yeah yeah. it's it's like um uh, astro's playroom was um the biggest sort of uh reference point the touchstone of sony's history as development company and it was amazing because that every single reference resonated with fans because it meant something to them and to sony Mm -hmm. so to see them go so cold on the idea of supporting their old titles is very strange but what i Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say that what I propose just would be if I wasn't, again, the leader of Sony. Sony, I Sony? Be, yeah, I would just be saying to people, right, okay, cool. We're going to move forward with this console. We are going to stop doing uh, backwards compatibility. But what we're going to do is we're going to do like the PlayStation 1 Mini, but we're mm. going to do it, we're going to call it the PlayStation Legacy. And it's going to come bundled with like two, 300 PS3, PS2 and PlayStation 1 titles. And that would sell like hotcakes. And we, yeah. we done. And then we leave it <laughs> because we point to the people and say, there's the legacy. Totally. There it is right there. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's loads of, um, on the Nintendo side, uh, again, I'm blanking on the names of specific emulator consoles that 
you can buy. One of them is called like the Micro NT or something. They just plays. Oh yeah, you um, or Super uh, NT, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's got like, the cartridge slots for yeah. NES, Famicom, um, SNES, and it has like GameCube capabilities yeah. or something like that. It's mad. And it's like that's a whole cottage industry of these really, really well done emulation machines where you just put in the original the original console, the original cartridge, and it mm-hmm. upscales it. It puts it on HD. It makes it work on a widescreen TV, and you have all these different emulator based con- uh, con- you know uh, commands over the top of it to make it all work and that is something that the official industry just completely ignores and it's like if you had an official version of that then that would assumedly do extremely well and i don't know why they don't other than the assumption based on things like the telemetric data saying that oh we shouldn't put this much money into r&d for an official like you said playstation legacy because assumedly on the business side they don't think it would follow through um that's been the thing that jim ryan routinely keeps saying is that no one plays old games um or that they you know then they say oh we believe in generations we believe in moving forward but it's just at some point your playstation you clearly know it yeah. like you said astro yeah. was full of it so why not honor that legacy in some form um next question that. from travis webb and um, for us two what was our first foray into games journalism and how do we end up at what culture i think we answered this a while ago on like a 25th anniversary thing for chatty okay. faces yeah I, I think that we i think we did it on how we started at what culture like what we might have been that before. yeah but in terms of like the first piece of like video game journalism, I used mm. to, um, I just, I kind of like powered around with a few uh, people who were looking to set up like a, a video game review site. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got like one press pass to like EGX one time. Nice. I remember meeting them there and I was just suddenly put on the spot saying, go and interview this person because we might be able to get something from it. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing opposite this person who unfortunately I had, no idea what their, their video game was like, but they'd set it up for me. And I was just like, mm-hmm. and I walked away thinking like, oh, it was Payday 2. Pay- oh, I went okay, and met cool. somebody and, and spoke to somebody about Payday 2. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know uh, about it at that point in time. <laughs> and I suddenly walked away just going, that was actually quite fun watching right. somebody so passionate about a project tell me of everything cool about it. And I walk, and me walking away going, yeah, I want to play that game. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they, I, I enjoyed that. So that was probably my first video game journal experience. That's cool. Because I, I, like I said, I think we covered this on a really old chatty face thing, but mine, I came in from music journalism. Like I was determined mm-hmm. to try and get my own website on. Like I had my own website for a while. And then just music journalism, everybody in their grandma has an opinion on music. So it just wasn't necessarily going anywhere. Even though I had managed to sit down um, with some bands, I'd come equipment i had this whole sort of youtube thing on the go and um, i think those old videos are still on youtube if you want to watch really young Ooh, we should uh, really young old uh young me old videos from me uh interviewing bands and stuff but um yeah so eventually i um, just started applying for uh, game journalism because my wife was like well you love games why don't you do game stuff and i like light bulb moment of like yeah i should do game stuff i wouldn't <laughs> shut up about them and so like um like did this thing i don't even know it was gamesjournalismjobs.com it was just this like archive site of um, <laughs> anything that was going and managed to get a position with uh, New Gamer Nation and um, NGN. I don't even know if they're still going, um, but I think that was the, the first thing I did. But yeah, they were definitely one of the first ones anyway. And that was the first paid gig. It was like five pounds to do this entire retrospective on the Metal Gear Solid series, what? Um, which was like a six, eight thousand word thing. Um, I don't know if that's still online. I have no idea. Um, but that was one of the first things I ever did. And then one of the only other paid things was getting Call of Duty Ghosts um, through uh, as a press release copy. And I remember I was still working in retail and I had my phone ringing um, from this number that I knew would be calling me. And I was like, oh my God, the industry is calling me. Someone's <laughs> ringing me to say that I've got this free copy. Like, how do I organize getting it to me and everything? But yeah, that was whatever year Ghosts was out, 2014, 2013, um, nice. something like that. So yeah, that was, that was all back then. That was just sort of like trying to find anyone that would pay me to write. And you just accept any old pricing 
structure yeah um and then yeah everything sort of went from there what culture eventually noticed me because i had a different a bunch of different websites and articles online and stuff but um yeah it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a trip especially with egx because me and your trip to egx was like brilliant but that was 2017 maybe like the difference between going there for the first time and going there the last (laughs) time that we all went was just like night and day man Mm. absolutely incredible it was brilliant. Well, me and you, when we played that uh, roll cage thing, oh, yeah, and we were supposed to be game. trying other games. <laughs> it was Grip. We just ended up playing Grip over and over again, um, <laughs> which was brilliant. So final question from Jenko. Which cancelled game deserves to be completed and released and which release game should have been cancelled? Right, okay. First off, let's <laughs> give a big shout out to Jenko, by the way, because he's the artist that does uh, my uh, Live and Let's Die stuff. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, uh, hello, mate. I see you cheeky Oi, little Mr. Devil. Jenko. So what um what was the question again? I got so uh, starstruck uh, which, by him being here. <laughs> which cancelled game deserves to be completed and released, and which released game should have been cancelled? Oh, um, <laughs> Star Wars thirteen thirteen or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. that that needs to be done. Oh no, wait! I've just ruined myself. It was the Star Wars Battlefront three one. That's the, their, oh, their the original version. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is the game that I still champion to this day. Needs to be finished because it's like ninety percent complete. I know, on, and it's guys. just it already. It, yeah, I mean, it's just the way the mechanics with the vehicles and everything. The way those old pandemic battlefronts work. Just give us more of them. I know that they made them backwards compatible, uh, one and two, but just do part three. Um, for me, it would be Legacy of Kane Dead Son. Um, just to see what that is, just because it was a whole new character. It was like a, a weird sort of combat model, um, a little bit God of War-ish, um, but at least it was a continuation of Legacy of K. Maybe it would have kept the the IP alive or something. If they still resurrected it today, maybe put it alongside an HD collection or something. You know, what, way. You know what I'm saying, mate? Like every time you talk about Legacy of K, all, all I hear is Nosgoth, Nosgoth, <laughs> And I just laugh so much because at what point the developers think, right, we've got a nice single player, story-driven, like narrative-based uh, franchise right boxes, here. Let's, let's turn it into a little <laughs> yeah. PvP arena battle. I remember game. um Osley saying that it was actually surprisingly solid. Like as a yeah, shooter, it was, was actually right. like, yeah, like a solid arena shooter, but just for me on principle alone, I could yeah. not go anywhere near it. Um but yeah, yes. maybe someday. So the second part of the question was what video Which game released game should have been cancelled? I would cancel Anthem just because it got cancelled anyway. Wow, well, just because yeah. if you if you cancelled Anthem halfway through development, you would have freed up all those resources. Um, and I would rather you expedited the release of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition or uh, put more funds into Mass Effect Andromeda. Just do anything other than release Anthem because it was it's just been a catastrophic waste of time. Well, I'm going to cancel um, Mass Effect Andromeda. So now they've got <laughs> more money and resources to play with, uh, bringing out a new Knights of the Old Republic game. Oh, and so there's a thing doing the rounds that the new um, KOTOR's remake is going to have like proper third-person combat, not the sort of uh, like the kind of turn-based version that oh, it has no. now. Do you not want that? Do you want more oh, turn-based? Well, now how am I ever going to be able to cheese Bendak Starkiller or whatever his name was? <laughs> do, you know, do you remember that? At the very beginning of the game, you went into the arena battle thing mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you could work your way up. And usually games don't usually give you like a, uh, a pit fighter arena championship mm-hmm. side mission until later on in the game where you're powered up enough to actually go and grind to be able to beat them uh-huh. here it was like if you leave this planet this planet gets destroyed spoilers so like there's no point you even go like you can't go back to it mm-hmm. so i was like well i guess i've got to stay here and try and beat the world famous super coming out of retirement champion <laughs> the world heavyweight champ and- 
he literally has these two blasters, right? That if you are unprepared and don't have like a, a Mandalorian blade or something to like mm. deflect it with, you'll literally just that. get killed in three seconds. I'm just telling <laughs> So the only way to do it is to cheese him by running around in a circle, stopping every once in a while to do a rapid fire shot. Hopefully God. you get some damage, run away and heal again. That the thing is, it. if they can do it like uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it's just, you can pause, yeah, you can yeah, hop between people, yeah. but it is live action. I would take that. Um, I just, yeah, I'm curious what this, because there's, I go back and forward on whether we need remakes of classics anyway, but I guess, I guess I can admit that maybe KOTOR is a little bit dated. I don't know if you're with me or not. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I can see if you're a new Star Wars fan and you pick that up, maybe it doesn't feel like yeah, the most streamlined oh, thing. You are totally right. I mean, if I take my <laughs> old man nostalgia goggles off and I was saying, hey kid, do you want to come and play this game from my past? And they go, that is very janky. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, there is probably, there is a lot of um, like grounds to be made up and I guess they can do it with like a bigger budget and do the, mm-hmm. I just want new, better Star Wars games. It's been too long. And do, was it in Coach? I'm trying to think of this when we were talking. Is it in Kotor where you drive that ship and you've got to like you've got oh, to set a time uh, trial thing. Swoop racing. Yeah. Ah, oh, I hate that mini game. <laughs> that is the most infuriating. How is it? How is a game about racing feel so slow and then so fast in the blink of an eye <laughs> that it's just kind of like I just don't. I uh, just. Uh. I remember like child me just couldn't get it at all, and I went back through Kotor a few years ago, and I, I did manage to actually play it. But I was like, oh man, if you did that now, you could get Criterion to do it or something. Like just sort of fold in, sick. you know, do like an actual cool little bring back Star Wars racer. Just do the old things that me and you remember, but yeah. do them better for new audiences with fun <laughs> mechanics. Um, for now, this has been the UBP Untitled Battle Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me. Thanks to everyone for submitting their questions and we'll catch you all next week. UBP. 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 Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.